Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Okay. Why didn't Talk go into this call? One thing is another unbelievable talk she was supposed to, uh, where is it? Here's the manage button. I'm going to do this one more time. Blog talk, I apologize.
Testing, testing, one, two, three. Wow, they're not letting the call go through. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, whole evening with uh, this is the manage manage button supposed to be here. Constant um, uh, interruptions here. Let's go back here and go to apps. Um, excuse touchdown, no add call, return to call screen, and there's no manage buttons. It says I'm connected to four. Uh, the devil is a liar. That's what I do now. I'm going to move forward anyway. Uh, Blog Talk Radio, I greatly apologize for this mix up, and um, we're going to move forward. Go right into Fruits of the Spirit. We have a great night planned. Uh, We're looking at Fruits of the Spirit, then we're looking at talking about a needed anti-eugenics movement. We're going into, can you hear me, Ann? Ann, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, Maria. Okay, wonderful. All right, great. Okay. Okay. I needed to know that, and so I better put, oh, boy, I got to put talk shoot. I don't know what they did with this call here. I got to manage it. I need to manage the call. Try not to let this interrupt my call, but you do need to manage Bluetooth calls. Sound is on. Can't manage the calls. So, yes, we'll be taking a look at, I have the video here from the uh, uh, Justice of Elf Conference, so after the Bible study, we'll take a look at that. Tonight we're looking at Fruits of the Spirit, um, and then we'll be looking at an anti-eugenics movement. I was very happy that uh, Minister Farrakhan was addressing the uh, rubella vaccine that's, that's really causing study after study has shown that there was a gene mutated in that vaccine to target black boys with autism and other viruses, and uh, I'm glad he's taking a stand with it, so we'll take a look at that, too. Please take a look at the link. It says complete link with vital information. That is in the blog talk uh, invitation, talk to invitation, and in the um, in the text message that was sent out. So, God, we just thank you for another day to come and praise your name and just give you all the praises, Heavenly Father. We just thank you, God, for you being God. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that we can uh, come together and uh, work on electronically to give you praise, to exalt your name, to thank you for all you've done, all you're going to do. Thank you, God, for the week we made it through, and thank you, God, for the upcoming week. We ask you, Heavenly Father, to continue to protect and cover us, our loved ones, our bloodlines, that they'll be covered with the uh, provisions for protection under the blood, Heavenly Father, that any sabotage that is to come our way, any harm or harassment, aggravated, will be stopped.
it. This service is provided by freeconferencing.com. Please enter your access code. Access code accepted. There is one other participant in this conference. Please announce yourself. Wow. Well, they're messing up my call deliberately. That's all I can say. I'm sitting here in the conference room, and they're going to mess up the call like that. That's ridiculous. One, five, three, oh. Amazing. This service is provided by freeconferencing.com. Please enter your access code followed by the pound. Access code accepted. You are the only participant in this conference. So they have canceled me from this one. I am so sorry. Just continuous harassment. But uh I'm trying to move forward and blog talk, please. You you just have to you can listen to this call at five three oh eight eight one one three nine nine. You can dial that and uh what you I messed up uh, on the time at Blog Talk. You can listen in. 90 seconds. Blog Talk, I am so sorry. Mm. All right, so we were praying. So, God, we just thank you for giving us the privilege of prayer. We thank you, Heavenly Father, 
for the spirit of unity, the spirit of want to pray, the spirit of thirst. We ask you, God, to bless the targeted individual community. And we thank you, God, for using them for, you know, um, initiating the um, agenda that there's a need 60 for, seconds. for anti-eugenics movement. What am I, what is I, what are they doing now? No, that's not muted. Let's see. And uh, we thank you, God, for that community. They they couldn't understand why they were being put in such a situation. But, God, you're revealing it us to us now that we were just ahead of the game. And the anti-eugenics movement is moving forward. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for using all of your God's people. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the Justice or Else March where Farrakhan addresses the fact that the CDC is making vaccines to further harm our young people, particularly our young black boys and girls, to 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 just uh, ten to seconds sabotage their intellect, their ability to repro rec, uh, re, to uh, reproduce. And we thank you, God, that the TI community knew this, these things ahead of time, and now the world is being uh, informed of such. So, God, I thank you for the prophecy that you prophesied to the TI community to initiate the anti-eugenics movement, God. And I thank you, God, that you're putting people together in places, God, that will have the remedies and the cures to heal the many people that are suffering behind uh, eugenics programming. God, bless those. Give them the strength, God, to stop the electronic torture, Heavenly Father, the V2K, the cancer, the autism, the illnesses, the viruses, everything these demons have plotted, God, we know that you have a remedy. And, God, we may not understand why or how these things happen, but we know that you're the God of no all. You're omnipresent, omniscient. You have the knowledge and the power for reasoning that we may not understand, Heavenly Father. And we trust you, God, that you're going to use these experiences to show your sovereign power over demon forces, that these demons have planted seeds of sickness across this nation. But in the, under the blood, they're seeds of healing. So, God, we thank you that you're reversing the curse, Heavenly Father, that we're coming out of the uh, darkness, this, this world, and the awakening is happening, and that things are going to turn around, and the demons will have no choice but to be flee, but to flee and be incarcerated. God, we thank you, God, that you're going to use men to appropriate the uh, proper penalties for people obstructing one's life, health, invading their privacy, torturing, harming people. God, we, we bind that demon up and we thank you, God, that your creations will be used across this earth to develop appropriate penalties that these things will never replicate themselves again. We thank you, God, for all you've done, all you're going to do. We ask you, God, for a special blessing over our young people, Heavenly Father, the babies, our elderly, the seniors. We thank you for them, God, for the gift of longevity. And we ask you, God, to bless and protect. They're going in, they're coming out, each and every praying person, God. Continue to use your warriors that seek to expose these horrific programs. God,
to exalt your name and praise you. And we thank you, God, for the upcoming week and every blessing that you have planned for us, God. We receive them in the name of Jesus. We receive coverage. We receive protection. We receive all that you have for each one of us, God. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. We thank you, God, for you being God. We thank you, God, for praying targeted individuals. We thank you, God, for all of those <clears throat> holding this earth down, Heavenly Father. Uh, with prayer and living righteously to let the devil know he doesn't have any authority. God, we give you praise and glory. We thank you for being an awesome God and a mighty God. We thank you, God, for those who want to be here and could not be here, but they have their hearts are here, and we give you praise, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, as we move into this Bible lesson, we ask the Holy Ghost to have its way. Move according to its will. Let us leave here with information and knowledge we did not have previously. God, we give you all the praise. We give you the glory. We thank you, God, for you being God. And uh, hi, Marty. Testing, testing. Okay, went through. All right. So again, we're going to listen. We're going to do the Bible study, a quick, short Bible study, and then we'll go right into. The uh, Justice or Else, uh, I have some of the videos, and we just thank God for using this minister to bring to the front line. I'll go over some of those tapings um, about the vaccinations that are targeting children for autism and uh, different types of deadly viral diseases. And uh, we, we just thank God for the TI community that was used in advance to prophesy. Uh, these um, now uh, devastations that are coming into fruition, and we thank God that we can prophesy that remedies for healing will come about from this. So we just thank God for that. Today, Tonight we're looking at what is the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is the harvest that results when a life is lived in an abiding submission to the Holy Spirit. Again, the fruit of the Spirit is the harvest that results when a life is lived in abiding submission to the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit pertains to the believer's character, while the gifts of the Spirit pertain to the believer's service. Well, I didn't know that. So again, the fruit of the Spirit pertains to the believer's character. So we ask God to help us with the fruit of the Spirit, which is character development. And then the gifts of the Spirit, we ask God to bless us with gifts, and that references uh, our service, our ability to counsel, to teach, to help other people. So one is a gift, the the ability to do service is a gift, and um, the, the fruit of the Spirit is the building of character. Contrasted to the acts of the sinful natures, a single-minded lifestyle called the fruit of the Spirit. This is produced in God's children as they allow the Spirit to direct and influence their lives 
that they destroy sin's power, especially by the acts for the sinful nature and walking fellowship with God. The fruit of the Spirit includes love, which is uh, caring for and seeking the highest good of another person without motive or personal gain. Joy, it is the feeling of gladness based on the love, grace, blessings, promises, and nearness of God that belong to those who believe in Christ. There's peace. Peace is the quietness of heart and mind based on the knowledge that all is well between the Savior and his or her heavenly Father. So peace is the quietness of heart and mind based on the knowledge that all is well between the believer believer and uh, our heavenly Father. And that's Romans 15.33. Another fruit of the Spirit is patience. Even though it's one of the hardest attributes to manifest, Patience is a wonderful quality. It is the same as endurance or long-suffering, being slow to anger or despair, Ephesians 4.2. Another fruit of the Spirit is uh, kindness. Kindness. This conference is being recorded. Okay, maybe with the tape being on, some of that down. It was not supposed to be doing that. Wow, testing, testing. The tape wasn't on, so we'll just overlook that. We're looking at the fruits. Fruit of the Spirit, we said the fruit of the Spirit includes love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Kindness is not wanting to hurt anyone or cause them pain, Ephesians 4.32. Another fruit of the Spirit is goodness. It is a zeal for truth and righteousness and a hatred of evil. It can be expressed in acts of kindness or in rebuking and correcting evil. Another fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness, coming from the root of the word, also translated as faith. It is firm and unswerving loyalty to God, to whom, uh, to God and to and or to a person to whom one is united. Uh, by promise, commitment, trustworthiness, and honesty. Matthew twenty three twenty three. Another fruit of the Spirit of God is gentleness. Gentleness is restraint coupled with strength and courage. It describes a person who can be angry when anger is needed and humbly submissive when submission is needed. Second Titus two twenty five. Another fruit of the Spirit is self control. Self-control is what the enemy does not want us to master. It is the control of one's own desires and passions, including faithfulness to one's marriage vows, also purity, 1 Corinthians 7, 9. There are no restrictions to the lifestyle indicated here. 
Christians can in fact and must practice these virtues over and over again, for they will never discover a law prohibiting them from living according to these principles. So again, the fruit of the Spirit includes love, joy, peace, patience, uh, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. How are these virtues brought about in our lives? By the word, by reading the Bible. Um, Colossians 1, 5 and 6, Psalms 1, verses 1 to 3. Here we see contrasted two kinds of people recognized by God, each with a distinct set of lifestyle principles. The godly who are characterized by righteousness, love, obedience to God's word, and separation from fellowship with the world. True believers can be distinguished by the things they do not do, the places they do not go, and the company they do not keep, Psalms 1-1. They not only turn and emotions captivated by God's truth is found in his word, Psalms 1-2. They meditate on the law of God, and it shapes their thinking, attitudes, and actions. The outcome of those who faithfully seek God in his word is life in the spirit. Since water often represents the spirit of God, those who are instructed by God and who abide in his word will receive an unfailing source of life from the spirit. The phrase, whatever he does prospers, does not mean that problems or failure will never occur but rather that a godly person will know God's will and blessing, Psalms 1, verse 3. The ungodly, which represents the ways and counsel of the world, who does not abide in God's word and who consequently have no part in the assembly of God's people. The godly person is known and blessed by God, but the ungodly person has no part in God's kingdom, 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and they will perish. The separation between these two kinds of people will exist throughout redemptive history and on into eternity. Being joined to and abiding in Christ brings virtue to our lives, Romans 7.4. We no longer look to the Old Testament law with sacrifices and things of that nature. We look for salvation and acceptance from God, Galatians 3.23. We have been separated from the old covenant of the law and united with Christ, and we now look to Christ for salvation. We must believe in in God, receive his spirit and grace, and thereby receive forgiveness, be regenerated, and become able to bear fruit to God. By making no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust and dying to self. Yeah, drop the call again. Let me just call it in because the people I have on the phone, they need to hear through that line, 881-1300. Yeah, I got to really call T-Mobile. This is ridiculous. Return to the call. The keyboard, one, five. On home. Hmm. I just 
having a fiesta with this method, trying to mess up this Bible study, but we know the devil is a liar. And uh, we turn to call. i got to hang up all those calls. Because they just continuously use touch tone keypad. Let's see, we're going to hang up the call. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. Yeah, I'm so sorry, Blog Talk. This was a nightmare. Yeah, they truly, truly did that call in. And now they're not letting me sign into this uh, to correct the problem. Return to call screen. This is an update on this phone. This should not be happening. <sighs> boy, oh boy. They put it where I can't even hang up. Maritz, I'm so sorry. Ann, I'm sorry. I got to call all of you guys back. Mm. And I'm sorry. They're just messing with this phone. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Put me back in. Okay, darling. Hold on a minute. Return to call. They are just really doing a number tonight. One five three zero eight eight one one three hundred. This service is provided by freeconferencing dot com. Please enter access code accepted. Please announce yourself. Okay. No. Okay. Got that back in. Testing, testing. Yeah. Just been uh I had another person in the call. Let me try and get them back. Unbelievable. But I know the devil's a liar. So I know I know particularly the information I had today. Oof. That one, they 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 get nervous. Hi, my dear, Marty. Hello. I don't know if I put her in or not. Let's see. All right, let's see. Okay, I think it went through. Testing, testing. Okay, so we're looking at the gifts of the Spirit. So the fruit, excuse me, the fruit of the Spirit was love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, uh, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And how are these virtues brought about in our lives? We learned that um, true believers can be distinguished by the things they do, they do not do, the places they do not go, and the company they do not keep. These things are distinguished in, in our lives by meditating on the law of God, which shapes our thinking, attitudes, and actions. These things, these virtues can brought, be brought about in our lives uh, by the outcome of those who faithfully seek God in his word is life in the spirit. Okay, we did that. Um, it can be brought about in our lives by being joined to and abiding in Christ brings virtue to our lives, Romans 7, 4. 
We no longer look to the Old Testament law and sacrifices for salvation and acceptance from God. Testing, testing. Okay. We no longer look to the Old Testament and sacrifices for salvation and acceptance from God. We have been separated from the old covenant of the law and united with Christ. We now look to Christ for salvation. We must believe in God. We must receive the spirit of God and grace and thereby receive forgiveness. We become regenerated and we become able to bear fruit to God. By making no provision for the flesh in regard to lust and dying to self, Romans 13, 14. We are to clothe ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. We must also be united and identified with Christ that we imitate his life as our pattern for living. We adopt his principles, we obey his commands, and we become like him. This godly transformation calls for a complete rejection of immorality in the acts of a sinful nature, Galatians 5.19. Allowing ourselves to be trained by chastening ourselves brings virtue to our lives, by disciplining ourselves. When we allow ourselves to be fed to the Spirit of God, it brings discipline to us, and whenever we get out of life, get out of get out of, stay away from problems, or not problems, but trouble, self-inflicted trouble, because the Spirit will be leading us, Hebrews twelve eleven. How important is it that we bear fruit? It shows or demonstrates repentance. Scripture tells us that we are to bring forth fruit in keeping with our repentance, Matthew 3, 8. All Christians are chosen out of the world to bear fruit. This fruit bearing refers to a spiritual virtue such as the fruit of the Spirit, all mentioned in Galatians 5.22, which is known as love, joy, peace, etc. So the scripture tells us that we are to bring forth fruit in keeping with our repentance. All Christians are chosen out of the world to bear fruit, the fruit bearing. So if you yourself a child of the king and you're living according to we are to bring love, peace, joy, kindness, gentleness, all that into the world in our to our lives. We are working for the conversion of others to Christ according to John four thirty six. We um it's important to bear fruit for entrance into the kingdom. Entrance into God's eternal kingdom will be supplied by having, practicing, and increasing in Christian virtues. Peter lists the virtues a Christian must develop in order to be spiritually victorious and fruitful before God. The phrase, make every effort, demonstrated that believers must be actively involved in their Christian work. Those who become Christians must immediately strive to add these seven qualities to their faith. Note that godly characteristics do not
father cuts off. He separates them from vital union with Christ. By failing to remain in Christ, God then judges and rejects them. The branches that bear fruit are those who have life in them because of their enduring faith in God and love for Christ. These branches the Father prunes so that they will become more fruitful. That is, God will remove from their lives anything, from our lives, anything that diverts or hinders the vital flow of Christ into them. The fruit is the quality of Christian character that brings glory to God through life and witness. Without the fruit of the Spirit, we profit nothing. 1 Corinthians 13.1. This chapter of 1 Corinthians is a continuation of Paul's discussion on the question of spiritual gifts. Here he emphasizes that to possess spiritual gifts without having love amounts to nothing. The most excellent way is the exercise of the exercise of spiritual gifts is love. As the only context in which spiritual gifts can fulfill God's will, love must be the governing principle of all spiritual manifestations. Paul, therefore, exhorts us, the, the Corinthians, to follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Those whose lives are filled with religious activities are not necessarily approved by God. In fact, they may not be believers at all. For example, those who speak in tongues, prophecy, have knowledge, or achieve great works of faith, yet at the same time lack Christ-like love and righteousness are nothing in God's sight. In God's judgment, their spirituality and profession of faith are empty, and they have no real place in his kingdom. They are not only lacking in the spirit's fullness, but are also empty of his indwelling presence. The spiritual manifestations through them are not from God, but from another spirit. What is essential to true Christian faith is love expressed through an ethic that does no harm to others and perseveres in loyalty to Thank you. 
Tell us that the prayers of the righteous avail as much, and we ought to pray always without ceasing. In that regard, we've had a lot of prayers this morning, but now as we move into the official phase of this program, we will have the calls to prayer, the Adan. Following the call to prayer, we will have the blowing of the concha in four directions, representing the spirit 
and then uh, the Muslim prayer in that order.
of the United States of America and residents of the District of Columbia have no voting representation in the United States Congress. We have no voting representation in the House of Representatives. We have no voting representation in the United States Senate. What we do have is taxation without representation. Collectively, the nearly 700,000 district residents pay more than $3 billion in federal taxes each year. 200,000 brave district resident men and women have served in the United States Armed Forces, fighting, dying. In fact, 2,000 of them dying for our beloved country, yet we have no representation in Congress. God bless the child who has its own. The citizens of the District of Columbia must have its own voting member in the House of Representatives and its two voting members in the United States Senate. Today, I stand before you under the umbrella of justice or else and demand for the 700,000 District of Columbia residents and citizens of the United States of America, statehood or else. D.C. statehood now. The District of Columbia, the 51st state of the United States of America, has a population larger than the states of Vermont and Wyoming. Moreover, we have an economy larger than the states of Alaska, Delaware, Hawaii, Idaho, Maine, Mississippi, Montana, North Dakota, Nebraska, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, South Dakota, Vermont, West Virginia, and Wyoming. District residents generate $7 billion in local tax revenue. D.C.'s annual budget is nearly $13 billion. We also possess nearly $2 billion in our rainy day fund. Unlike the 50 states of America, the District of Columbia has to get permission from Congress to spend our own money. That is not right. We demand the right to govern ourselves, our money, and our destiny like the other 50 states. Now today, how many of you have traveled from another state to get here? Do you know if you decide to live here and become a resident of the District of Columbia, you lose voting representation in Congress? simply because you live in the District of Columbia, in the United States, between the states of Maryland and Virginia, you lose voting representation in Congress and immediately become subject to taxation without representation. Do you know the first African-American Attorney General of the United States, Eric Holder Jr., a D.C. resident, cannot run for a position in the House of Representatives wow. or the United States Senate simply because he resides in the District of Columbia. Well, on a personal note, on I moved from Oakland, California to the District of Columbia in 1980, and I have lost and have been without a voting representative and two voting senators every since, simply because I occupy this soil, this land, and I am a resident citizen located here in the District of Columbia and the United States of America. My children, like the other children of the District of Columbia, have been robbed you know, Amy of the opportunity to become a voting yeah, member of the United States House of Representatives or a voting member of the United if, States Senate because they are citizens of the District of Columbia. So today, Amy I call called. upon you These to be one of the one million signatures presented to the President of the United States to the 535 members of Congress, 
to the 2016 Democratic National Convention and the 2016 Republican National Convention demanding statehood or else, statehood or else, sign the petition today with the volunteers in red shirts or go to the website change.org and sign the D.C. petition. The petition states, we, the undersigned citizens of the United States of America, hereby sign this petition urging the President of the United States and the members of Congress to support statehood and full representation for the 658,893 residents of the District of Columbia who collectively pay more than $3 billion in federal taxes each year and where 200,000 brave district resident men and women have served in the United States Armed Forces defending, fighting, and 2,000 of them dying for our beloved country yet have no voting representation in Congress. We believe this to be a true denial of democracy to the residents of the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., and the citizens of the United States of America. Statehood or else, statehood or else, under the umbrella of justice or else. God bless D.C. statehood, justice or else. Council Member Vincent Orton, number hand, will you please? It is mine now to present to some and introduce to others the illustrious mayor of our city who has really worked hard making it possible for us to celebrate and to come together to demand justice on today. We are most proud to have her be with us today. Would you put your hands together and receive the mayor of the District of Columbia, the Honorable Muriel Bowser. Thank you. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to your nation's capital. I am very pleased to follow my friend Vincent Orange in calling attention to the injustice of taxation without representation in Washington, D.C. It's my great privilege to be the seventh elected mayor of my hometown, Washington, D.C., and it's my great privilege to speak for the 660,000 Washingtonians who call D.C. home, who pay taxes, who go to war, but do not have a voice in this great house of democracy. We have a lot to be grateful for in this District of Columbia. We have grown, we have attracted people, we have attracted businesses, we have grown our prosperity. But more injustice remains in that more Washingtonians aren't sharing in that prosperity. We know that 20 years ago, one million men came to the District of Columbia it is my privilege to be mayor at the time that we celebrate this 20th anniversary. My good friend, you know him well, Marion Barry was mayor those 20 years ago. He told me, and I was reminded by the minister, that Washington, D.C. welcomed this march. The government rolled out the red carpet to make sure that every voice could 
be heard. So like so many in my generation who have been trusted, trusted to lead, we have to speak up for those same injustices. I ran here to be here, leaving another event in my ward. That's why you see me in running clothes. But I would not miss today's event. Our administration has been focused, and we will continue to be focused on growing pathways to the middle class. We will continue to be focused on productive avenues for our youth and our men and our women who are returning home. We will lead in this nation and show everybody that if you're willing to work hard, you too deserve a second chance in our District of Columbia and in our nation. We will continue to fight so that everybody has a pathway to that prosperity. I read a sad statistic about my town. It said since 2007, we have grown by many tens of thousands of people. We have grown the prosperity. You heard Vincent Orange talk about how proud we are, but we have also grown the number of people who are poor in our city. So I know that you will continue to fight with me. You will sign the pledge for D.C. statehood, and we will make sure that there are quality classrooms and education for our youth, jobs for our youth, and a chance, a second chance for all of our people returning home. Thank you, everybody, and God bless our city. In this movement, we have worked to pull together the Joshua generation, understanding that many times when we have movements, there's a gap between the older generation and the younger generation. One of the younger generation, the Joshua generation person who worked so valiantly and so hard in this effort, hails out of New York City, a protege of the great Harry Balafonte, and in a part of the, uh, the Justice League in New York, she has her own consulting firm. She has been traveling across the country, speaking, organizing, mobilizing for this effort today. I would ask you, you would put your hands together and receive Sister Tamika Mallory. Good morning, all of you. It is so beautiful to be here with my brothers and sisters today. I am so grateful for the mentorship of Reverend Willie Wilson and the opportunity to serve that has been given to me by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. I have served as co-director alongside many great individuals, including my brother, Reverend Jamal Bryant. I am proud to be here in that capacity. But if I'm honest with you, I step to this mic today, not just for those reasons, but because I am a black mother of a black son. And I did not come to Washington to play games. 20 years ago, the Million Man March filled this mall. The circumstances of the convening might have been different, 
But the spirit in which the march happened was the same as today. We gather in unity, and we gather to demand justice. Twenty years ago, amidst an oppressive state and racial violence, our brothers, supported by many sisters, marched for atonement, reconciliation, and responsibility for the black man. We are here continuing that legacy. My father, who is here today, was among the almost two million men who gathered here in 1995. But we gather again knowing that much is at stake. 20 years ago, Tamir Rice's story would have fallen on deaf ears, and it would have been left to the pages of a falsified police report rather than broadcasted for the world to know what really happened to him. 20 years ago, Sandra Bland's bravery would have never been known to us. We would have never questioned what happened to that sister. 20 years ago, Mike Brown's body being left on the street for four and a half hours, rotten in the sun, would have only traumatized that community instead of waking up the people as it did. 20 years ago, Eric Garner's last words would have just been whispered to his killers instead of shouted to all of us to make us wake up. We can't breathe, brothers and sisters. Oscar Grant, Rakia Boyd, Freddie Gray, Ayanna Jones, Maya Hall, Megan Hockaday. Let us remember the words of Ida B. Wells, the ones who commit the murders Write the report. America, we cannot breathe. Yet in between the gas for air, in the silent pangs between our heartbeats, we speak their name. We say their name. And we speak it because we know that their name could one day be ours. We are here today that we to say that we choose differently. We will not allow the deaths of our brothers and sisters to go unnoticed. Whether it be that they are killed by someone in our community or someone outside. Now, Fox News will have you believe that we came here today to provoke violence. But we are not the violent ones. We are being murdered. We gathered here today to provoke peace, to demand peace. And we are obligated to stand for those who have been lost. When we say justice or else, we mean exactly that. So to my friends, to my friends who have called me, who are scared with your skepticism, step aside, because ain't nobody got time for that right now. I know that's right. We are promising to never give up and for the dreams that To my friends who have called me, who are scared with your skepticism, step aside, because ain't nobody got time for that right now. We are promising to never give up until the dream that Dr. King spoke of is realized for all of us and for my 16-year-old son, Tariq Bryan. He means the world to me, and I will lay down my life to ensure that he is able to live free in this country. We've got a lot of work to do, brothers.
We love the unity that we have received from our native brothers and sisters, our Latino brothers and sisters, and the one who has worked to organize and bring them together tirelessly is none other than Sister Yanaza Alonwo. Please give her a round of applause as she comes. She was good. That's Jamal Bryant's sister.
We don't have to worry about the Washicho or the white man or anybody else. We have to worry about each other. Straighten ourselves out, my brother. Let's come together, the red and the black. We are the majority. And whatever we want, we can have. You are the only ones, you who are brought here against force, have the only ones we have accepted. The rest are here. We didn't bring them. So they're telling me to stop. We've given you 500 years. They only give us about five minutes. Thank you.
Ivar Chate was there and a pet use of May peace be with each and every one of you. I am a Chief Orville Looking Horse in, uh, from the Buffalo Nation, Shasapa, the Black Hills of South Dakota. Thank you for inviting uh, all of us here, the Native or the First Nations people. want to say today, it's a great honor to be here. But as we stand here, come to this, this, this place here, Mother Earth is sick and has a the water of life is uh, depreciating. It's uh, the water that uh, right now a prayer goes out to the Apache people and the system. Dakota in South Dakota, they protect her when you're joining the Word of Life. We're asking each and every one of you to uh, stand together in peace and unity that we shall live. I hope we shall live without us. Good afternoon. My name is Jay Winter Knight Wolf. I am the originator and the host of the American Indians Troops for the last 15 years on WPFW 89.3 FM, the only Native American talk show east of the Mississippi on FM radio. In 1979, I met Minister Louis Farrakhan. I know, but they need to give us more time. Indians need a little bit more time. You sit and you stand on land that was stolen from my people. But yet, they say, you can't talk but a few minutes. Excuse me. We got a lot to say. We are tired of rules and regulations. We're tired of being told what to do. We're tired of being told what to say. When our children, the Native American children, have the highest rate of youth suicide in the world. Our people are the poorest people in North America. I'm going to get off the stage because my brother will be talking to you shortly, Minister Louis Farrakhan. Da-da-da, go eat,
I would like to introduce my brother, the Latino representative of the Nation of Islam, Minister Abel Muhammad. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Misericordioso. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful. Assalamualaikum. Peace be unto you. La paz sea con ustedes. It's an honor to be here this afternoon with our black brothers and sisters, with our aboriginal brothers and sisters, with our brothers and sisters from Latin America, the Caribbean, and all over Turtle Island. It is an honor to be here, not just so that we could be introduced to one another, but so we can be reunited as we were in the beginning. We are one people when we are united. But what has been missing is we have been deprived of that knowledge which will allow us to see one another as we are and see ourselves as we are. So today is not a day where we're being introduced to one another. Today is the day that the family is coming back together with one cry and one purpose. And that is for justice or else. En español decimos justicia o veras. It's an honor to be here with you. It's an honor to be able to present to you some members of your family and this community of brothers and sisters that struggle for justice from Mexico, from Guatemala, from Puerto Rico, from all over Central and South America. And to bring us further into the program, please welcome our brother who's a spoken word artist. He goes by the name of Reyes. Please welcome him, Michael Reyes. Assalamu alaikum. I'm going to do a, a little jumble really quick, a freestyle piece because of all of the energy that is here. Uh, I'm from Detroit, uh, based in Chicago for a number of years, and so I'm just going to share a little piece. We say justice and else for our people, mi gente. Sometimes we speak bilingual, trilingual. I spit in tongues, spit not with a gun, but spit with the power of pen. Sometimes we use it again. I say free Oscar Lopez Rivera, free Mumia Jamal, free them all. Justice or else, what is else now? We show you how we rock the spot. I fight for borders and immigration to change the situation. We fight to hear my brothers and sisters on every radio and TV station. And so I fight for my people. I say Emma Lozano, back down to Chicago. We go to NY, back now. Now we talk about black lives, because black lives matter. But not just those, we sit with tongue. I speak for my people, not as a tip of a gun. I say freedom now, justice or else. Go ahead, go ahead. We want to now bring before you our wonderful sister, who's the founder of Pueblo Sin Fronteras in Chicago. She's also our sister in the struggle on behalf of the Mexican and so-called immigrant people because we know that we're not immigrants. We may have migrated here, but we're not immigrants. We are, in fact, the original people of the planet Earth. Whether we call ourselves Mexicans or Puerto Ricans, we are here. This is our land that we're sitting on now. It is ours to take care of. Please welcome our sister who's a fighter for justice on behalf of her people and all of our people the pastor of Lincoln United Methodist Church, Reverend Emma Lozano. Please welcome her with a round of applause. Justice! Or else. Justicia! Or else. Justice! Or else. We remember our history so that we know who we are. We look back so we know how to move forward. Today we look back on our beginnings when we were one with our own land. We look back on the conquerors who broke up our families, placed us in chains of slavery, lynched our men, took our land, and imposed governments of oppression on the continents of the Americas. We look back to remember that
Make no doubt. Texas, Arizona, Nuevo Mexico, California, Colorado were stolen from our people. But it's still our land. Today, I want to say on behalf of the Mexicanos and the Latino community, we honor Minister Luis Farrakhan. We know the people of the South came in a forced migration. We didn't come here because we liked the weather. We came here because we were looking for work, not the American dream. It was a nightmare that this country had placed in our countries that forced us to leave. But I tell you now, and I declare, that we are fruitful, and we have multiplied, and we have become more numerous than all the stars in the sky, united, black, and brown unity. No more deportation. No more family separation. With or without papers, we join the African-American community to elect a president. Then we march in the largest, most largest mobilizations in the history of this country to say we are a people of resistance, black and brown unity. No one is illegal. Latino community has found unity to defend our families and the next generation, just as the African-American community has found unity to stop the police murder and mass incarceration. It is the love of God that gives us unity and unity which gives us power. We are united. We are the new majority of this nation. There are some that would like to deny this and they're using hatred and racism, but they can delay the inevitable. They have created an American apartheid denying millions the right to vote through immigration status and through criminalization. We demand the immediate end of mass deportations and mass incarceration. We demand justice or else for the 43 disappeared students of Ayotzinapa. We demand freedom for Oscar Lopez, the longest held Puerto Rican prisoner. We ask freedom for Nelson, Nelson Serrano, who has been 13 years in prison facing facing right now uh, in prison and also on death row. We're asking freedom because we are the new majority. In Florida, they would like to ex execute innocent person in Nelson uh, Serrano. We are one people, one nation. Thank you. Gracias. Justicia. Justicia. Justice. We want to present to speak a few moments to us. She's going to be speaking in Spanish. Not that that's our original language, but that's the language that our conquerors imposed on us. But it's the language that the majority of our people in this part of the world, the Western Hemisphere, speak. It's not our original language, but it's the language which allows us to commute effectively. Please welcome her, Sister Elvira Arellano. Hermanos y hermanas, muy buenos días. Les saludo en nombre de nuestro Padre Dios. Hoy recordamos nuestra historia para poder saber quiénes somos. Damos una mirada para atrás para poder movernos adelante. Pensamos en nuestros orígenes cuando éramos dueños de nuestras tierras. Nos recordamos de los conquistadores que rompieron nuestras familias y no, nos colocaron las cadenas de la esclavitud. Lincharon nuestros hombres, violaron nuestras mujeres. Nos se apoderaron de 
santificado para convertirnos en un pueblo muy numeroso. Luego, en el año 2006, marchamos millones para frenar los ataques en contra de nuestras familias. Nos manteníamos firmes en contra de la separación de nuestras familias. Luchamos contra las deportaciones y la criminalización. Nos solidarizamos con los 43 estudiantes de Ayotzinapa desaparecidos y exigimos justicia para ellos. Pedimos que nuestro hermano Oscar López sea liberado cuanto antes. Exigimos justicia. ¡Justicia o verás! Now we have a very special presentation, a song in Spanish which will be sung by the son of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad who was raised in Mexico, raised amongst our people. And I say our people because we are one people. Once we get past the lies we've been told about who we are and the deprivation of our history which has us misidentifying ourselves We can see who and what we are as family to one another once we know the truth. And part of what binds us is the spirit of our cultural expression. So I want to welcome you now. Welcome to these microphones, Minister Rasul Mohammed. This is a song I'm going to sing in Spanish I wrote for a great revolutionary that I feel his spirit is here with us today. Emiliano Zapata. Ooh. 
Representative for the Dominican Republic. We only got them private. We are here together. We got the Dominicans thinking they're better than the Haitians. Okay. All right. Well, we got a little change. We're going to bring the Haitian American community shortly. I'm going to bring now someone who is responsible for all of what we have seen. All of this has been worked on by this brother and the team that was assembled by Minister Farrakhan. And that is the Nation of Islam's Chief of Staff, Brother Leonard F. Muhammad. Y'all can do better than that. Let's clap it up, y'all. Let's give a round of applause.
What do I else mean? And so, please help me bring to this podium a man who's been here before, who stood here three other times to take responsibility for the resolution that we received from his office. He's a member of Congress for years, and now the powerful Ways and Means Committee. Well, Congressman, we need ways. We need what we need, and we want justice. Help me bring before you Congressman Danny K. Davis of Illinois, my friend and my brother. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Brother Leonard. Twenty years ago, I was not a member of Congress. But I was here with three busloads of men, women, and children from Chicago who had come with me. Three busloads of men, women, and children who had come with the hope of helping to usher in a new day a brighter day, a new tomorrow, a new sense of fairness, of justice, of equal opportunity, of equal treatment, and equal protection under the law. I was here 10 years ago and was pleased to have submitted the concurrent resolution obtaining use of the capital grounds for a 10-year commemoration of the Million Man Mark. Just as I'm pleased to have been the sponsor of the concurrent resolution permitting us to be here today for these activities on the Capitol ground. First and foremost, I want to commend and congratulate Minister Louis Farrakhan, for his visionary leadership, for his great messages promoting peace, unification, equal rights, equal justice, and equal protection under the law. Today's gathering is a reaffirmation of the faith that the dark past has taught us of the hope that the presence has brought us. And so, yes, we are facing the rising sun of our new day begun. And we will march on till everyone will know that black lives do matter. We will march on to over-aggressive law enforcement procedures will not be the order of the day. We will march on till every child has access to high-quality education. We will march on so that every citizen will know that they can get health care. And we will march on with the understanding that today is our day, tomorrow is our day, and we will march with the vision and with the leadership hey, come on of Minister. What's up? How you doing? Farrakhan, come on in. I, I'm, I'm... Okay. 
I'm t- I'm taping this uh uh this speech. Who's this? Um, I'm not sure. I didn't catch his name. But it, when it come up, I'll say. Now, you you all right? No, I didn't get his name. But after it's gonna show up in a minute. I, I'll say it when he shows up. All right, you gonna listen? Uh, turn it down. It's too loud. Okay. So Louis Farrakhan, and I'm pleased to be here with all of you, my brothers and sisters. No, sometimes it just comes up too loud. We're doing a little commercial. This one. All right. Thank you very much. We are now going to hear from representatives for the Palestinian community. We all know him very well, and that is the Reverend Jeremiah Rice, Professor Emeritus at Trinity College, United Church. That's Obama's former president. He was joined by my sister, Justice League, and that is Linda Salsour, a national Arab American racial justice and civil rights activist. What did you say? Welcome, Reverend. He's what? Yeah. Right. And Sister Salsour. Because they're black too. They're doing them in. That's like a clock eye. They're doing it to the Palestinians. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum assalam. To the Honorable Minister Farrakhan. He's not coming in loud. We are grateful to God to be able to be here and to speak a word on behalf of Palestinian justice. I'm thinking. Those who put this program together just had the, the Aboriginal country on this platform. And that was so powerful for this reason. They came here to remind us of the fact that this was their country before the Europeans decided that their God had given them this country. Yeah. Same issue is being fought today and has been fought since 1948, and historians were carried back to the 19th century. Biblical historians were carried back to the Book of Judges. But the original people, the Palestinians, and please remember, Jesus was a Palestinian. The Palestinian people have had the Europeans come and take their country, ignoring United Nations resolution after resolution after resolution, over 40 resolutions. They illegally occupy territories as they take the people whose countries it is and make it theirs because their God told them that they could have somebody else's country. Can you imagine? The youth in Ferguson and the youth in Palestine have united together to remind us that the dots need to be connected. And what Dr. King said, injustice Anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. everywhere. Has implications for us as we stand beside our Palestinian brothers and sisters who have been done one of the most egregious injustices in the 20th and 21st century. Boycott, divestment, and sanctions 
is how we fought nonviolently to bring an end to apartheid in South Africa. Apartheid is going on in Palestine as we sit here. There's an apartheid wall being built twice the size of the Berlin Wall in height, keeping Palestinians off of illegally occupied territories where the Europeans have claimed that land as their own. Dr. Martin Luther King said in 1967 at the Riverside Church, we are fighting a three-headed demon. The manifestations of that demon have been seen today and are seen not only on this stage but on the world stage with the Native Americans from this country, the Native Americans in Central America, the Native Americans called Mexican in Guatemala, Cuba, Puerto Rico, Haiti, the Natives who see foreigners coming in and taking their land. He said we're fighting a three-headed, Dr. King did, a three-headed demon, racism, militarism, and capitalism. Mm. Those three-headed demons are what are causing the Palestinians to have a fight, just like the fight we're having here, trying to get people to understand that black lives matter. Palestinians are saying Palestinian lives matter. We stand with you. We support you. We say God bless you. Justice. In the name of God, the most beneficial, the most merciful, assalamu alaikum, may peace be upon you. I am a Palestinian Muslim American. I have the blood of an oppressed people, a resilient people a strong people, a courageous people that runs through my veins. I am here, sisters and brothers, to speak truth to power. We are here to speak truth to power. We are one, sisters and brothers, and our liberation is bound up together. The same people who justify the massacre of the Palestinian people and call it collateral damage are the same people who justify the murder of black young men and women. The same people who want to deport millions of undocumented immigrants are the same people who hate Muslims and want to take our right to worship freely in this country. That common enemy, sisters and brothers, is white supremacy. Preach. Let's call it what it is. Preach. White supremacy. We're not here to make people feel comfortable. I'm tired of people asking us what the else is, justice or else. You wouldn't have to ask that question if we already had justice. We are angry, sisters and brothers. Don't let them ask you why you're angry. Ask them why are they not angry. Twenty years ago, millions came to this mall. Fifty years ago, our ancestors marched from Selma to Montgomery. I'm tired, sisters and brothers, of coming back every decade, every 50 years, 20 years, to talk about the same things we were talking about all those years before. We need to stand tall, sisters and brothers. We need not be intimidated. We need to stay fearless. Our children are watching us. We need to set an example.
The only time anybody should see us on our knees is when we're praying, sisters and brothers. I stand here today as a Palestinian American to tell you that the liberation of the Palestinian people is bound up with the liberation of black people in America. We will be one, and I will recommit my body, my mind, and soul to black liberation, which will liberate all of us. We are one, sisters and brothers, and the people united will never be defeated. Power to the people, and assalamu alaikum. That's my sister. We walked from New York City to Washington, D.C. together to protest police brutality. That's the kind of strength that the Justice League NYC embodies. We are now bringing the Haitian community. We are going to hear from Brother Joseph McIndale, the Nation of Islam's representative for the Haitian community. Would you come, Brother McIndale, please? And also Vladimir X, the Nation of Islam's representative for the Dominican Republic. Now, let me just say one thing. When Minister Farrakhan is ready to speak, all those who are waiting will be cut. So if you want to make it on this program, speak quickly, because when the minister comes out, it will be shut down. In the name of God, the beneficent, the most merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah who came in the person of Master Farah Muhammad, and I bear witness that the Amor Elijah Muhammad is our exalted Christ. I also further bear witness that the Amor Minister Louis Farrakhan is our divine comforter in our midst. Brothers and sisters, I would like to greet each and every one of you with a greeting word of peace of Assalamu Alaikum. La paix avec nous, la paix con ustedes. I am here with my brothers and sisters from Haiti and Dominican Republic. We want to show to the world that we are not going to be allowed to be divided. Not anymore. Because the division of our people is to the benefit of the enemy. And the unity of our people is to our benefit. We will do everything necessary to keep us at one, keep us together. And this is why I'm honored that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan had the vision to pull Dominicans and Haitians together, to pull them together so that we can be one people as we were before. We thank the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan for his vision. And today, you see on the stage Dominican flag and the Haitian flag side by side saying to the enemy, your plan has failed. And at this point, I would like for our sister to read the Bookman's Prayer. Please receive our sister with a well-deserved round of applause. This is Bukman's prayer, a prayer of revolution. Good God, who created the sun, 
which shines on us from above, who rouses the sea and makes the thunder rumble. Listen, God, though hidden in a cloud, watches over us. The God of the white man calls forth crime, but our God wills good works. Our God, who is so good, commands us to vengeance. He will direct our arms and help us. Throw away the likeness of the white man's God, who has so often brought us to tears. And listen to the liberty which speaks in all of our hearts. Unity is strength. Unity is strength. Unity is strength. Thank you. At this point, we would like to introduce Brother Vladimir X, who is the representative of the Nation of Islam to Dominican Republic. Please receive him with a well-deserved round of applause. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah, the originator of the heavens and the earth, and the creator of all human beings. My name is Brother Vladimir X. I was born in a small island in the Caribbean that goes by the name of the Dominican Republic and shares a border with our sister nation of Yaiti or Haiti. For those of you who have not been following current events pertaining to what's going on on this island, there's a move afoot to divide natural allies and natural brothers and sisters the Haitians and the Dominicans from one another. We share the same history. We share the same past, the same misery, and the same subhuman conditions. We are brothers and sisters by nature because we were all brought from Mother Africa centuries ago. Mm -hmm. The only difference between the Haitians and the Dominicans is a piece of cloth called the flag that has been used by our open enemies for centuries to keep the overwhelming majority of the human family divided. And we could not continue, we must not continue to let a minority of Europeans rule over the majority of the black inhabitants of the planet Earth. The whole Earth belongs to our people, not just Puerto Rico, not just the Dominican Republic, not just Guatemala, the whole earth belongs to our people. So no matter what flag you identify yourself with, the whole earth is your home. Identify yourself with the sun, the moon, and the stars. Anywhere that you can walk and you can breathe, this is your home, my beautiful black brothers and sisters. The difference between the Haitians and the Dominicans, the, the Dominicans were enslaved by the Spaniards. So we speak Spanish, they have Spanish names. The Haitians were enslaved and brutalized and victimized by the French. So they Francois or speak French and have French names. But we are all the same people and we've been victimized by the same wicked oppressor for over 500 years. So brothers and sisters, 
Give them another round of applause. We say mistakes should not exist because the reason why mistakes should not exist is because we correct them. Mr. Leonard Lee of the National Park Service, when I thank people, I fail to, to mention his name. He was one of the original people who helped to do this and help us to get here, and he has been marvelous throughout the whole process. Leonard Lee, wherever you are today, thank you and much respect to you. Uh, it was a great job, and it's a joy to work with you. Thank you so much. All right, we got to get a little more energy out here, y'all. Just clap just because right now. I want to hear you as loud as possible. We want justice, right? No justice, no peace, no justice. Black Lives Matter. All right, y'all. Now, the minister has crisscrossed this country meeting with many artists. The hip-hop community has been very involved. And I want to bring a spoken word piece right now from my brother, my son, Lennon, who is a hip-hop artist and also a member of Justice League NYC. Justice or else? What does that mean? Everywhere I go, ask me, what does that mean? I mean, what do you mean, what does it mean? Haven't you seen what I see on that screen for yourself? We need justice. Then they say, yeah, we need justice, but what you mean by all else? Well, we mean justice or else we're going to withhold our wealth. We're going to give them back their Christmas and leave them toys on that shelf. You see, up to this point, we the only ones being slaves, so it's time to exercise our power and redistribute that pain. It's insane to do the same thing and expect a different result. The same ones who made us slaves is the ones we keep asking for help. Now ask yourself, how you going to win fighting in the court when the ones who commit the murders is the ones who write the report? All the lies we done lost, the tears we done cried, the promises was made, all the years they done lied. Ain't you tired of being tired or hearing one of us die and whoever kills them make guilty or don't even get tried? Cops don't even get fired for choking us on camera. But we worried about Black Friday and taking pictures with Santa. You can't expect respect when you don't respect yourself. When the one sits to protect and serve don't protect, you got to protect yourself. You can't expect no one else to love you more than you. So that means that all else is totally up to you. What you willing to sacrifice so your kid can have a life? Let's take Christmas from Santa Claus and give it back to Christ. And we ain't acting nice. It's a demand. This ain't a march. We're going to stand. Man, woman, child, together, hand in hand. Because we understand the fact of the matter. We can't say all lives until black lives matter. But black lives got to matter to black people. And the fact is, blacks kill most of the black people. But the difference, when they kill us, they don't let it slide. You see, Ray Ray found guilty before he even get tried. 10 tip 15, the government is on notice. They're not going to keep killing us 
We are now moving into a section that is very important, very important to me, very important to all of you who are here, which is the women. Let's give it up for the women. Women for justice. And we've got two powerful sisters that you will be hearing from. But first, we're going to watch a video, and immediately after the video, you are going to hear from Akosua Ali, the president of the NAACP DC chapter. Our women are the key. A nation is taken down through the woman, and the nation goes up through the woman. You mean everything to us. Women make up half of the world's population and yet represent 70% of the world's poor. Today, one in four children are being raised without a father, and nearly half, 45%, live below the poverty line. The U.S. is one of only three countries in the world that does not guarantee paid maternity. Women in the United States earn on an average 75 cents less than men. Gender-based violence takes more of a toll on women's health than that of traffic accidents and malaria combined. Over 130 million living in the world today have undergone female genital mutilation. Two million children are exploited every year in the global commercial industry, 80% of which are girls. 603 million women live in countries where domestic violence is not yet considered a crime. Justice for women. Justice or else. Good morning. It's an honor to stand before you on this historic day commemorating the 20th anniversary of the Million Man March. 20 years ago, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, Reverend Willie F. Wilson, and nearly two million men from across the country joined to deliver one powerful message. We are strong when we stand together. Today, I stand on the shoulders of many men and women, civil rights leaders, activists that have championed social justice, I stand on the shoulders of Dorothy Irene Height, Mary McLeod Bethune, Fannie Lou Hamer, Angela Davis,
strong. We did not get here alone. And no one can fight this fight alone. The issues that disproportionately affect some of us impact all of us. We all have the right to public safety, jobs, economic sustainability, education, health, criminal justice, voting rights, and safe communities. Now hear me. Everyone deserves to live in safe communities, communities free of gun violence, communities where a two-year-old can play in her front yard without getting shot by a stray bullet. We need to hold ourselves and our communities accountable for safe communities. We stand today for justice, safety, and equality. Divided we are weak, but together we are strong. A million black, Latinos, and whites today stand stronger together. We all stand stronger together. Thank you. This next person that is coming, I am so honored to announce today and to bring to the stage. She is the national spokeswoman for the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, and her name is Sister Ava Muhammad. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful, we give praise and thanks to Allah for his love and mercy upon humanity, giving us his prophets and his messengers that when we go astray, through them he leads us back to the right path. We thank him for Moses and the Torah, Jesus and the Gospel, Muhammad ibn Abdullah and the Holy Quran. I thank Allah for coming to us in the person of Master Farid Muhammad, the great Mahdi who raised up one we now know to be the promised Messiah, the predicted Christ, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. I am humbled and so honored to be here before you as a student and follower of their divinely anointed and appointed representative, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. I greet all of you in the words of peace of I, Salaam Alaikum. In the Holy Quran, the Lord of the Worlds asked the question, how can you deny Allah when you were without life and he gave you life? The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan teaches us that when Allah gives you a gift, you must accept it. The greatest gift is life. Therefore, we are divinely obligated to respect, protect, and defend our own lives and the lives of others. You let no one take your life without a fight. Islam is a religion of peace. We aggress no one. But the Holy Quran states, fight with those who fight with you. It reads, there is life for you in retaliation. There is no species on this planet, no living organism 
that will not come to its own defense. Every species fights for its survival, insects, wildlife. It has only been the black man and woman in America who have been called upon by our former slave masters to forgive and forget while we are being slaughtered. We are taking that no longer. We are in obedience to Allah, his Christ, and the nature in which we are created. What is the role of the woman? Every female of every species comes to the defense of her offspring. She will sacrifice herself to defend her children. She is genetically programmed to do that. When a woman does not stand up and fight for her child, she is other than herself. We thank Allah that Minister Louis Farrakhan is bringing us with Allah's guidance back to the knowledge of ourselves. There is no male of any species that will not come to the defense of the female of that species. He does not think about it. It is not in the intellect. It is at the core of his being. So when a man sees his woman under attack, it is his duty to come to her aid. Why? Because there is no life without the woman. It is through her womb that a man has his immortality, he has his reproductive capability, and above all, to express his dominion, to exert his dominion. He cannot do that without his mate. So he will instantly lay down his life to defend the woman. And so we are here today to stand up Five black women in the month of July alone were found dead in the custody of police, including Sandra Bland, Renetta Turner, Kendra Chapman, Joyce Cornell, and others unnamed. We are here to say you have abducted the last black woman off the streets of America and taking her away, kill her, and show us her body and claim she committed suicide. That is a modern-day lynching. These people have never changed, and they never will. And it's time for us to go for self. And Allah has chosen the man, one man, to lead us up out of here. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. May Allah bless all of us with love and the light of understanding. Assalamu alaikum. One more time.
He does not go to jail. He gets paid administratively. Is that the truth? A GoFundMe account is set up, and the next thing you know, other Confederate-minded crackers that think like him donate millions of dollars to him. And he ends up getting a job in a... So we got to stop this kind of madness, brothers and sisters. So we know that today, as we've gathered for this supreme cause of justice, all what? Justice? We know we wouldn't be here in 10, 10, 15 were it not for the great host that put the 20th or the first million man march together, our great honorable mayor, mayor, and mayor, mayor for life of Washington, D.C. So out of our love and respect for this wonderful brother, it is an honor and privilege to present to you his wonderful wife and son, Sister Carl, uh, Master Barry and Brother Christopher Barry. Let's receive our brother and our sister with a warm round of applause, thanking them for facilitating such a day. Assalamu alaikum. It's a great pleasure for us to give this momentary salute to my husband and Christopher's father. Uh, Mary and S. Barry rose from the son of a sharecropper, picking cotton in Edibility, Mississippi to become one of the most popular, iconic figures in American history. Elected four terms, and four terms as mayor, he became known as what? Mayor for life. As the first chairman of SNCC, the Student Nonviolence Coordinating Committee, Marion Barry interfaced with national and international political, religious, and civil rights leaders such as Martin Luther King, trans presidents of nations, as a public servant, he literally and figuratively changed the landscape of Washington, D.C. He is responsible for shepherding D.C. residents from deprived social positions to successful middle class and many, many black millionaires. He also pioneered in establishing minority set-aside programs, and as a result, not only did he create millionaires, but he created some self-proclaimed millionaires. Mary and Barry had negotiated with A. Colin to open up the, West, the Washington Wizards basketball team with the Verizon Center. And we all live here, and as a result of that, we see all the businesses that have grown up in Washington that transformed this city from a sleepy little town into a bustling, thriving metropolis. He both served the least, the last, the lowest among us. At a time when black-on-black -black violence was at a high in America, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan called black men to gather in Washington for atonement, responsibility, and reconciliation. Mary Byrne made all of the city services available. He used his staff to help organize the march. He made leave possible so that D.C. government employees could attend. Without the vision of Minister Farrakhan and without Mary Byrne, the Million Man March could have never happened. In the spirit of my father, Mary S. Barry, I am here to stand with Minister Farrakhan. The Honorable Minister has called for 10,000 fearless forces to go into the black community and reclaim the lives of our lost youth. By the end of this month, over 6,000 of our brothers will be re-entering our community, releasing us from prison. Let them begin their journey to re-enter society by answering the minister's call. 
all across this nation, youth violence is on the rise. But what's really occurring is the rise of the young generation. But what is different from this generation, they're not like the generation of the 60s who organized or marched, or my generation who expressed our frustration through music. You know, this new generation has had little guidance, and they express their frustrations through violence. Let us commit, our, recommit our struggle to showing them a better way of living. Instead of slanging and banging, let's teach them saving and building so that our black men can thrive in the 21st century. We salute Man for Life, Marion and Barry, as we celebrate the 20th anniversary of the Million Man March. Y'all can do better than that now. Give them another round of applause. Our next great presenter that we have coming to the podium is a man that we like to affectionately call the attorney at war. And that is none other than the great Benjamin Trump. Let's receive our brother with a warm round of applause, Benjamin Trump. <clears throat> I'm Attorney Benjamin Crump, the president of the National Bar Association, the largest association of lawyers of color, representing the issues, concerns, and opportunities of 66,000 black lawyers, judges, and legal professionals in America and beyond. Our theme this year is the National Bar United, preserving our legacy, protecting our future. And isn't that what we're really here for, to protect our children, protect our future generations to come? And that's why I'm here on my birthday with my children. I'm reminded when I was here 20 years ago at 25 years old as a third-year law student, and I, like the rest of America, listened to the words atonement and accountability from Minister Lewis Farrakhan. Today marks an opportunity for us all to come together to achieve a common goal, the common goal of having to make America in which we live a better America. Today is not just the 20th anniversary of the Million Man March. Today is not just my birthday. On the same day as the Million Man March, a baby named Kendrick Johnson was born in Valdosta, Georgia. At 17 years old, his mother and father, Jackie and Kenneth Johnson, sent young Kendrick to school with a book bag, and he was returned to them in a body bag the next day. And the only explanation that his parents have ever been given is unbelievable, inconceivable, and incomprehensible. This story that he crawled into a rolled-up gym mat, got stuck, stopped breathing, and died. And that was over two years ago. And so today, before I finish these remarks, I want everyone to join me in a moment of silence on Kendrick's birthday to show him and his parents who are here today that he is still alive in our hearts and that we are committed to achieving justice and ensuring that those responsible are held accountable. A moment of silence, please. Thank you. And accountability 
And I have been an attorney now for 17 years, and I've tried cases in multiple states thanks to my mentor, Attorney Lewis Myers. But the greatest case that I ever tried was a case of police brutality. And we lost that case. But listen to the facts. Before there was a Freddie Gray in Baltimore who died in police custody, there was a Fred Grady in Chicago who died in police custody. Now, this was Mr. Grady's mugshot when he got arrested. You can see him. There's nothing wrong with Mr. Grady. Three hours later in police custody, this is what he looked like. Now, we were told that Mr. Grady died from a heart attack. Now, watch the injustice. I don't know. I hit a button and oh Lord. Who had called me? Who are scared? With your step.
And I could never thank Allah enough for his merciful intervention in our affairs in the person of Master Farad Muhammad, the great Mahdi who is in the world and is championing the liberation struggle of our people, particularly in the United States of America. I greet all of you, my dear and wonderful brothers and sisters, with the greeting words of peace. We say it in the Arabic language, Assalamu alaikum. First, uh, I want to say to all of you, I am honored beyond words to be here standing on this rostrum in front of this hallowed building, in front of I don't know how many, I'm not going to guess, but I thank Almighty God, Allah, for every single one of you that decided to answer the call to demand justice or else. I watched the program in my hotel room, and I want to say how happy I am to be a part of such a great showing of unity of the aboriginal people of our planet. I want our Native American family and brother Nightwinder, Night Wolf, my brother, I'm sorry that they cut you a little short, but I want you to know how favored you are as a Native American giant standing for his people. The Native people who came in their Native dress, this is not like going to a football game with the Redskins, they are not here as some mascot. They are here because they are the original owners of this part of the earth, and we honor them with the honor that they justly do.
but of the Western Hemisphere, and those of us who were brought into America, not as pilgrims, not as Puritans, not seeking a, another way of worship, but in the holes of, of ships to be made the burden bearers of the real citizens of America. It's hypocritical for us to say that we are citizens and we are still trying to get civil rights while at the same time we are denied the human right of self-determination. I'm honored to be here in front of this great, great house that was built by black slaves. So I don't think I'm encroaching on any American by standing on the ground that was paid for with the sweat and the blood of our ancestors. I'm honored to be here and am grateful to Congressman Danny Davis for having shepherded through both houses a joint resolution that allows us to be on the Capitol steps. I was so touched by our Native brothers and sisters and our Hispanic brothers and sisters, and some who are black may say, Farrakhan, why are you talking to all of these different ethnicities? We have to accept our position. I loved my sister and those standing with her who championed the call that Black Lives Matter. I felt so happy to see her and to hear her and to know and for her to know that she <coughs> and Black Lives Matter are welcome, have a cherished spot because they represent the future leadership. These are not just young people who happen to wake up one morning. Ferguson ignited it all. So all the brothers and sisters from Ferguson, all the brothers and sisters that laid in the streets, all the brothers and sisters that challenged the tanks, 
have come to represent our struggle and our demand. Again, I'm grateful for the choir that sung and the brothers and sisters that sang. For Brother Rasul Muhammad and his wonderful song that he wrote about the great liberator Emiliano Zapata, and to all of you who made this day so far what it is, every member of the clergy that prayed this morning, the Muslims, the Christians, the various prayers that were said, the native people who have their native uh, places, their teepees and whatnot on the grounds. They're sacred people. And they deserve justice. And we, in unity, will not only get justice for ourselves, but justice for all those who are deprived of that precious essential of life itself. On this beautiful mall, which was a slave center hundreds of years ago, right here, down this mall, there used to be slave pens. And in that the movie, 12 Years a Slave, the black brother was brought here down on the my left side, your right side, in a little yellow house where he was severely beaten before he was sent off to be a slave unjustly for 12 years. I feel the cry of our ancestors, the pain of those on whose shoulders we stand. I feel that the ancestors are happy that a young generation has arisen. I saw the faces of the young in line trying to come in, and they made it, I guess, safe, but they made it difficult. But the young stood in their place until they could get in because that's who we work for. We who are getting older, and I'm speaking now of myself and, and my generation, what good are we if we don't prepare young people to carry the torch of liberation to the next step? What good are we if we think we can last for
and not prepare others to walk in our footsteps. So to the young that are here, we honor you. We know who you are. And we will not forsake our duty to you. There are some elders that are not worthy to pass on the legacy of their cowardice to our young people. Our young people will not listen to those made in America, made by America, and want to bow down in America to that which has given them hell. These young people are looking for fearless leadership. But leadership that cannot be bought. Leadership that is willing to sacrifice its life to see a better future for our children. I'm honored that my brother and friend, Father Flager, is here, who is a great fighter in Chicago. I'm honored that Cora Master Barry is here, and I thank Allah for her and her dear departed husband who really showed us the way. I thank Allah for all of you who want to sacrifice in some way to make a difference. There can be no freedom, no justice, no equity without the willingness of some to sacrifice for the rest. What good is life if we're not free? What good is it to be alive and every day that you live, you see your people suffering? What good is it to be continue in life under tyranny? So there must come a time when we say enough is enough. It must change. And I am willing to do whatever it takes to bring about that change. I thank Allah for Brother Makandal from Haiti and Brother Vladimir from the Dominican Republic, two great brothers that Islam has brought together but the machinations of white supremacy is trying to keep apart. Haiti and the Dominican Republic used to be called Hispaniola, and it's the first place that the wicked one, Columbus, set his feet. Tomorrow they say it's his birthday. I think it's tomorrow or the day after, 
Monday. But no indigenous people want to celebrate. A man who came and dislodged them. A man who came seeking a new route to India and ended up in America. And when they saw the original people that they saw, well, it must be Indian. Because we white folk don't make mistakes like that. But they're not just Indians, nor are we African Americans. We were here before a continent named Africa was named. We were certainly here before America's Vespucius and this part of the world was named after him. So we don't diminish ourselves by naming ourselves after Johnny Come Lately. We are the aboriginal people of our planet, and before there was a planet, we were here with God in the beginning. Black woman, you are not the second self of man alone. You are the second self of God. And as the second self of God, any man that would disrespect a female is an enemy of God because she is the greatest gift of God to a man. May I pause for a moment and say to women, your language must change as to how you address yourselves. You should never call another woman a bitch. Get that word out of our language. No female is after a dog. Every female is after God. So all of you black men that like to use such words, pull it out of your tongue before your tongue is pulled out of your head. Every woman is from the Creator. Her womb is the workshop of God. So when a man sees a woman, he should bow in honor to her. The Native Americans can teach us much in the respect of women. I've been up on the reservations. I've been in the Anipi. I've been to some of their ceremonies. And the Native people, the men, draw blood, hanging 
from trees and carrying skulls of animals in dirt attached to the flesh of their back in tremendous pain until the flesh snaps and blood pours out. The native people do that to pay honor to the woman. For she is in labor, enduring the pain of death to bring forth new life. And there's always a show of blood before the birth. So the man is trying to equal himself up to the woman. That's means that the native man who disrespects your female, you have lost your way. And any black man under the sound of our voice, any red man, any yellow man that will traffic in women and girls, you are worthy of death itself. Now, through the womb of a woman, every great one was born, and every no good one was born. But my dear sisters who are here today, if you are expecting I would love for you to place your right hand over your womb. And I want to ask Allah that every woman who is pregnant, that she would bring her child to term. And I pray that that child will be a warrior for a brand new world. And that brand new world will come out of the womb of women with strong men as their protectors. Now, it is your body. You can do with it as you please. But it would be so tragic if the next sitting bull was aborted. It would be tragic if the next Malcolm X or Martin Luther King or the next Moses or Abraham or Jesus was flushed away. You don't know who your child is going to be. If you are wise, your child could be the answer to your prayer. Why do you pray, brothers and sisters? 
You pray that things would be made better. You whose fathers or mothers or cousins or aunts have died from cancer, don't you want to see a cure for such a disease? That cure is not coming out of the sky. That cure is coming from the womb of a female that may think she is not important. But out of that womb could come the cure of every disease that humankind is suffering from. There was a strange circumstance around my birth. And my mother did not wish to carry me to turn. And in those days, they didn't have abortion clinics. Women who wanted to abort the new life used hangers, metal hangers. My mother tried three times to abort my life because the circumstances under which she was pregnant were uncomfortable for her and she didn't want to face what my being a child light-skinned when the man she was with was dark-skinned, and, and so was she. And she wouldn't be able to tell him that I was his. So after the third time trying to abort my life, she said, let it be. And she prayed and prayed for God to come into her life and give her peace and strengthen her for what she thought she would have to face. She didn't know that those circumstances and her prayers went into what was in her womb. She didn't know that her insecurity because of a circumstance made her feel secure in the prayer she was sending up to God. And so she gave birth to a child who knew God from an early age. She gave birth to a child that never in my life did I find refuge in any man. My refuge and my protection was always grounded in my faith in a superior being. So many people wonder, why is Farrakhan so 
CIA and the IRS to go to hell. When others tremble at their name, they don't have a name big enough to make a man who has been shown the arm of God to be afraid of a man who can never do to me nothing more than what God would have them to do. And if he permits it, I'm for it, even if it's my death. Our problem is there's too much fear among us. And fear is what takes a man and makes him a punk. Women are showing more strength. As Sister Ava said earlier, she's the natural protector of what her womb produces. And sisters, you should never love any man more than the love you have for what your womb produces if that man becomes a violator of your child. Knowing God, not talking God, but knowing God is what takes fear from your heart. A fearful people can't be free. A fearful people will bow down when it appears that the enemy is so strong and we are so weak. As I was preparing this morning to come, I was thinking about us who are preachers, who can quote the Psalms. The Lord is my strength and he is my salvation. Of whom then shall I fear? Of whom then shall I be made afraid? But then when the enemy comes and challenges his words, we find him weakening, running away, leaving the sheep to be eaten by the wolves. That's why Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep. Any man in leadership that is not willing to give his life for the flock that supports him and feeds him and clothes him is not worthy of being a leader. Many in leadership today are willing to take a little money. It grieves me 
to see how many of us will sell out the future of our people for a little money that allows us to get an upgrade in our automobile or an upgrade in our suit or shoes. And I ask myself the question, when will corruptible put on incorruptible? Because all corruption is an enemy of the progress of man. All corruption, all deviation from honesty and integrity. You say, well, Farrakhan, I mean, my God, what are you saying? I'm saying that if you love God, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your brother as yourself, nobody could give you enough money to make you betray yourself as well as your brother or sister. When I first started rebuilding the nation of Islam, In Chicago, a man came to me and said, Farrakhan, everybody got a price. I wondered who he had met. That everybody that he knew had a price. I said, well, this man don't have a friend. Nowhere. Because a friend will never betray his friend. How many in this audience have been called by the government authorities and told to lie because they wanted a certain person and if you lied, they would make it easier for you in your sentence. How many of us have sold out to get a lighter sentence and made your brother who was innocent a victim of the justice system that is unjust by telling lies? I'm talking to you like this I didn't have, I have some notes that I put down, but I haven't opened it. Because this is not a day, 10, 10, 15. Hell no. If this is a day and we come out and go back to doing what we were doing before we got here, then this is all vanity. This is vanity. But vanity is the work of someone who's wrapped up in himself. We have no time for vain expression. 
greatness because they lived for others and their living was not in vain. Why am I saying that at this point? We're facing another election. The Republicans have, I don't know how many, is it 17? Well, it was, right? And they are really like the pretty girl who is well-formed showing her wares so that some man with money will buy her. Who wants to be a whore? No, 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 listen to me. Do you think people with money put their money behind you if they don't expect something from you? That's what makes this a farce. $3.3 billion in the last few years has been paid by lobbyists to this house. Well, what are they lobbying for? Laws that may not be in the best interest of the people? How then can you look in the mirror at yourself when you are bought and paid for whole? And then what do you get for being a whore? John Fitzgerald Kennedy lies across the water in a beautiful grave with an eternal flame. And John Fitzgerald Kennedy had a beautiful home. He had folks. He, he had so much material wealth. But the end is the same. A spot in a little coffin and six feet of dirt. So the Bible says it right. Naked came I in the world and naked go I out. So what are you lying and cheating and stealing for to give something to your children who if you lied and cheated and stole to get what you got, you couldn't teach them value. So all that you left is squandered by ignorant children. Don't you think it would be better to be like Dr. King? Oh, I'm very serious now. He didn't have a lot of money. He could have if he were a sellout. Malcolm didn't have a lot of money. He could have. Great ones don't amass wealth to leave to children. Great ones amass wealth to leave to institutions that live 
The grave is waiting for every one of us that are gathered here today. But why are you saying this, Paracon? Because this is not a moment, as my sister said. This is a movement. I'm going to say it again. This is not a moment. This is a movement. When the brothers and sisters of Rose and Ferguson, you didn't have any money. You had a principle. A principle that you were willing to suffer for that you felt was bigger than yourself and your life. And the withstanding of pain. But all of a sudden, the enemy comes with money. If we give you this, will you come out of the street? And some of us, we're all poor, but some of us see that as an opportunity. So the movement begins to die the moment those who lead the movement take money as a bribe to stop hurting a force that you're coming against. The demand for justice demands integrity. The demand for justice demands selflessness. The demand for justice is bigger than all our lives. So the demand for justice must give us the will to wish to sacrifice our life because the many are greater than the one. And so we're here today. I have some hard truths to say, and I want you to bear with me because I want to show you why there's no government on this earth, not one, that can give the people what the people desire of freedom, of justice, and equity. Look around you, brothers and sisters. Look at, look at the trees. Look at the flowers. Look at the bushes. All of it starts with a seed, a simple seed. Seeds come in colors, different colors and shapes and sizes. But a seed hides what God has put within it. Until and unless the seed is placed in the proper environment. So all these lovely living things that are around us. All of them start from a seed and that seed is planted in the earth. 
It is nurtured by water. And that magnificent sun. And then the seed swells and bursts. Sending a root down. And then a shoot comes up. And then what was within manifests itself. And it is then a glory of God, its creator. You all started, we all started from a sperm, a seed. God is not wasteful. A hundred million sperms may be released at one time. Some even say a billion. But only one can fertilize that egg. Oh God, if you're not wasteful, what happens to the other sperm? What do we do with it? That sperm becomes food for the new life. We have a farm and Every time we're sowing seeds to raise a crop of beans or corn or whatever vegetation we desire, the birds sense seeds are being sown. So you see the birds collect over the land. If the seed doesn't go deep enough, the bird flies down and the seed becomes food. God wastes nothing. But you are a seed. I am a seed. We have not yet been placed in the proper spiritual or physical environment that would cause the seed to swell and burst and let what is within come out that we could say, I am a part of the glory of God. So Elijah Muhammad wanted the Muslim program to be brought before this house. I don't know anybody in the house that I could trust to bring his program. So I came to bring it myself as his student. <clears throat> now I want you to think about what I'm about to say. This program has been appearing on the back page of Muhammad Speaks and the final call since 1961, the Muslim program. You say, well, I don't want to hear that. I, I ain't no Muslim. Okay. What are you? What are you? If I ask you to tell me your nationality, you'll point to some little spot on the earth that you think defines
defines who you are. It's limited. I'm from Georgia. Good for you. I'm from Mississippi. I'm from Alabama, but I'm from New York. Right, right. But that does not define who you are. I'm from Jamaica, man. I'm from the Caribbean. Or I'm from Africa. I'm from Ghana, Guinea, Mali. That don't define you. You are defined by the nature in which you are created. And if your nature is the same as the nature of God, no land mass can define you. So the Quran says, set your face for religion, being upright, the nature made by Allah in which he has created man. And there is no altering Allah's creation. A dog is a dog. Not because you call him a Spitz or a Terrier or a Great Dane. Those are names of different species of dogs. But the dog is defined by the nature of its creation. I don't care whether it's a Spitz or a Terrier or what do you call it, a a shepherd or a pit bull. If it's a male, whenever it sees a, a hydrant, it will lift its leg. Did nobody teach it how to do that? That's what dogs do. <laughs> if you understand your nature, then you will understand the unlimited possibilities of the human being. God created no human being without depositing in that human being a gift that can be expressed to an excellent degree. That's the nature of God. That's not an unexcellent tree. It's excellent. It's not an unexcellent bird. It's a bird. It's a worm. It's a flea. It's an ant. It's the sun. It's the moon. It's the stars. This is all an excellent creation from an excellent creator. And you are an excellent creation from an excellent creator, but you have to know yourself and your relationship to God in order to extract what is within and bring it out to the glory of God. Now, a lot of black people that work in this house, listen carefully to what I'm about to say. A lot of black people who have mastered their particular sport or their particular discipline, and they feel excellent. You know, they walk with a certain heaviness and certain pride, and when they come in the, ring, uh, in the room, they, some of them just 
suck up the atmosphere. Oh, look, there's so-and-so. There's so-and-so. And though so-and-so is greater than you, so-and-so, they're only great in your eyes because you have not focused your eyes on the greatness of yourself. So, look, brothers and sisters, the greatness of God is part of the thing that makes us so dissatisfied with government. You're yearning for something that the government can't give you. You are born to be free. The Muslim program says we want freedom. We want a full and complete freedom. That's not just what Muslims want. That's what every human being wants. But how will you define a full freedom and a complete freedom? If I'm a seed and I'm 50 years old and I'm still a seed, have never been planted in the right environment to develop myself, then I don't have freedom. But when I'm free and fully developed, then I have attained a full and complete freedom. Can this house give you that? Come on. Well, you don't have it. So what are we petitioning this for? They can't give you what's not in their nature to give you. We're just making a demand because it's right to do it, but we know they, they can't do it. Oh, wait a minute, Farrakhan. Why can't they? Let me show you why. The other day, for the first time, I said, let me go out and visit all the monuments that are on this mall where we as a people will be standing. And I quietly, as quiet as I could, slipped into the Jefferson Memorial. And I stood there looking at a 19-foot statue of a great America. Now, this mall is hallowed ground for us, but it's also sacred ground for those who love America. <clears throat> and Thomas Jefferson was one of the most brilliant of the founding fathers of this country. If you read 
not a Christian. He never said he was. But he certainly was what they call a deist. He believed in one God. Now look at this. He said, on the wall, he was talking about justice, and he was talking about slavery. I want to give you a little study assignment. There were some things when he wrote the Declaration of Independence that they took out. Because he was dealing with King George as a vile man because he trafficked in black bodies, bringing them to America. I want you to go read his words because Thomas Jefferson knew that if the slaves were not set free. One day, what King George did by bringing us into slavery would cause the slaves to rise and fight against those who were holding us in slavery. We have really come to that point now. Did you hear me? See, this thing has reached the point of explosion. Black people that are here, even those in high places, are saying, we can't take this much longer. There's like a volcanic eruption that's coming now. You know, they say volcanoes are birthed out of magma. That is molten rock with gases, and this molten rock and the gases at the bottom, then you have an upper crust that begins to come down and meet the molten rock beneath. I said, isn't that an interesting picture? Because I hear you that are in the middle class crying out. Ain't too many middle class people here, but even if you were, you're crying. Because the middle class is becoming the new poor. So that's the upper crust coming down to meet the magna below. It's bubbling now. And gases are coming up, and you see dust coming up from the sleeping volcano that has been asleep so long, you play around it like it don't have power to kill you. You play with the lives of poor people, indigenous people, 
Farrakhan. I want to show the world, hypocritical America, that is telling everybody that they're violating human rights, while in America there's all this dissatisfaction. I think, Mr. President, we ought to be quiet telling China you got to straighten out your human rights uh, violations going down to Cuba. Yeah, well, we're going to have relations with you, but your human rights violations. As though you don't have no problem in America. We're trying to show the world these are problems here. And these problems demand resolution. And America don't have the heart to do it. Thomas Jefferson gave some brilliant remarks about freedom and trembling for America when he reflected that God is just and that his justice would not sleep forever. And then Thomas Jefferson with others fashioned the seal of this nation. And at first, the seal reflected the wrath of God in a light from above. And Pharaoh's army below, that the wrath of God, he was saying in the seal, would come down on America. If America would not treat the slave, he knew it should be done. So Thomas Jefferson said, we need to let the slaves go. We need to give them a good send-off. We need to give them land. We need to give them machinery. We need to give them seeds to plant crops. We need to teach them the science of warfare that they would be able to defend the land that they would be given. This is Thomas Jefferson. But he couldn't force it. There are good white people who want to see you free, but the politics of the situation will not allow it to happen. I don't care nothing about what the politicians are saying. Tell me, we, we, we think you all should, you know, have some freedom. And like the Pope who came so beautifully a few weeks ago, and I listened to him, I took 
a few days rest from the tour because I became sick with pneumonia. <clears throat> and I went away for 10 days. And during that 10 days, His Holiness was here. And I watched him every day until his plane left. I thought about this this human being who has captured the world. And then I thought about him in Ecuador and in uh, Bolivia. I think it was Bolivia. Three countries in South America. And the Pope asked them to forgive the church. Did you hear that, um, brothers and sisters? Now, he didn't say forgive Jesus. Because the church that was killing the indigenous people really wasn't connected to Jesus. They were connected to a cross that was given to Constantine in a vision. And in Latin, under that cross, it said, in hoc signo case, with this sign we conquer. So the cross and Christianity at that time was not the real teaching of Jesus Christ. It was a philosophy, an ideology based on white supremacy. Will you forgive us? And the Pope asked, I, I didn't hear the answer that the people of Ecuador and Paraguay and I think it was Bolivia. Uh, we don't have the answer. But in, in Charleston, after nine of our brothers and sisters were killed, before the dead were even buried, before The culprit even asked to be forgiven. We, with our loving misunderstanding of Jesus Christ, said what? What did we say? We forgive you. You don't even allow yourself to grieve naturally. You say, well, Jesus, don't put your cowardice on Jesus. Sure, he said, love your enemies. He wasn't talking about loving Satan. Oh, wait now. Come on. Show me in scriptures 
where Jesus said, we all ought to love Satan. The devil. See, the devil was wicked from the beginning. He wasn't somebody that committed a sin and did a wrong that you might forgive. But look at you black people. You're so evil. You won't forgive your mother. Some of you don't even talk to your father. Some of you don't talk to nobody that this does you wrong, but you'll come with the children of the enemy on your arm. Find me a Jew that forgives Hitler. And you say they're the people of God. And they don't have no forgiveness in them. You really need to get acquainted with Jesus. The Pope is not a foolish man. But he made a saint out of somebody that the native people don't see any sainthood in. That's like us taking the Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan and beatifying him and making him a saint. But what about all the people that you kill? What about all the evil that you have done? Should we forgive? Well, the Holy Quran says it like this. You may forgive, but I, God talking, will never forgive. See, now the God that I'm about to talk to you about now is on scene today. Thomas Jefferson couldn't deliver. I went to the Lincoln statue. And while I was in there, they had Dr. King speaking. I said, what is Dr. King doing? Speaking in the Lincoln Memorial. So I listened. And then I reflected on Abraham Lincoln's words. It's written there for the people to see. He said, and I I hope I'm quoting it right, he said, if I could preserve the Union, and keep all in slavery, I would do it. Did you hear me? And he said, if I could preserve the union by letting half the slaves go free and keeping the others enslaved, I would do that. His aim was the preservation of the union, not freeing you. 
And that's why you're still singing. We shall overcome. You've been trained. You've been had. You've been took. You've been bamboozled. In the words of Brother Malcolm, we have been deceived. Abraham Lincoln, though, in his Lincoln-Douglas debates, he said, you suffer, talking about black people, from being in America with us, and we suffer from your presence. Have you heard that before? Well, go look it up. That's one thing you won't say about Farrakhan. You say he's a hate teacher, he's this, but you won't call me a liar. Look at this. He said, as long as the two of us live together, there will always be a superior and an inferior. And I, as much as any white man, want the superior position assigned to the white race. That's your age. But he knew you was a problem. And he said, let me see if I can get rid of it. So he called some Negroes to the White House. See now, you know, when you call a Negro, not a black man, but you call a Negro who's bending and scratching With his head bent low, talking to the boss man. He said, will you Negroes accept to be separated? I will give you land in Africa. We will back you up. We will give you what you need, you know. But you'll be on your own. I'm a, but, 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 but we'll help you. And the Negroes said, not us. We didn't lose nothing in Africa. No. So he backed off because the Negroes didn't want it, and he probably couldn't sell it to white folks who might have still wanted our presence as what we are. You know, people play with us. You are a wonderful prey in the hand of a mighty people. But you're just a prey. And that's not spelled P-R-A-Y. That's spelled P-R-E-Y. Now watch this. Now we are 150 years up from age. 
But the worst thing about today is we have fulfilled our prophesied time to be in bondage. Now, you black people that are here, you teachers, I want you to look this up. They say the first slaves landed in America in 1619. But if you really study in the Congressional Library right here in Washington, First slaves were brought on a ship named Jesus of Lubeck under the captaincy of Sir John Hawkins. Not in 1619, but in 1555. If you subtract 1555, from 1619, you get 64 years. When I was a little fella, they had a quiz show that was called the $64 question. Then it's, no, I know what I'm talking about, son. You were Johnny come lately. I said it right. It first started as a $64 question. Then it went to $64,000. That's when you came in. How you going to talk to the old man? Now, 64 years of hidden history is what turned you and me from an African black person into a Negro having eyes but can't see, ears can't hear, tongue can't speak. Spiritually blind, deaf, and dumb. And when, once that happened, our mother's gone, our father's gone. You couldn't hear your father, your mother pray, and you couldn't hear your father, so you woke up with white folks' names on you. Now, white people are very smart. They stamp you with themselves just so they can recognize you. You know, when you're stealing something in, in the mall, I don't know whether you do anything like that, but when you're stealing something in the mall and you get to a certain point, the buzzer rings. See? You can't get out the store until what is in your possession that caused the alarm to go off is checked. See, white folks been knowing that you are their property. That's why they name you. 
So when you go for your passport, and uh, what is your name? My name is Larry Wilson. Hmm. Sadie McDonough. Hmm. Louis Green. Hmm. I say, yes, it's one of them. Because you're named after your former slave master. You can't be free walking around in the name of your former owner. Your first act of freedom is to tell him thank you, but no thank you. Take your name back. And look, take a name. That is an African name. That is the name of your people or a Islamic name, which is since you're from God, why shouldn't you be named after God, who is your creator? You say, well, oh, well, if I take, just take a name like that, I'll go to them and they'll say, well, you have to go to court. I say, you didn't go to no court to name And I'm not going to no court to give you back your name. See, you got to stand up today like a free man. Don't let them tell you what you've got to do. Show them your independence and your knowledge I'm a free man. That's not my name. That's your name. Take it back. I'm giving it to you. Did you hear my brother say the Dominican Republic was enslaved by the Spaniards? See my Mexican family here? What is your name? My name is Gonzalez. My name is Ramirez. And I speak Spanish. And you look at your Haitian brother, he's Francois Chancy. Where did he get that name? He's speaking French. What is the French? Oh, he's different. He's French. No, he's a conquered black man with a white man's language and a white man's name, and believe it or not, with the white man's religion. Now let me tell you something about Jesus and the white man's religion. See, if you really had the religion of Jesus, we wouldn't even be here talking today. You'd be free right now. If you really had the religion of Jesus. But you and I were baptized into that which made us think Jesus was Caucasian. Well, there's a few things I want to say before I close. Look, they don't want me to stop. They're hungry. And that's 
why Jesus said. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.